In this episode, I talk about being a foreign local and the calling I need to do next. There was a lot of things running in my mind tonight, tonight, this morning, I don't even know what time it is, although I thought I was tired, but I guess not that tired, so I guess I'll share with you what was going on in my mind, so I have this mission that's really bugging me to do it, it scares me because I don't think I'm the right person to do it. I really don't. I mean, this is more than an imposter syndrome. I really do think that if I do this, I'd be quite an imposter. But I have this idea. I would like to take more pictures, more casual pictures of me in my Ebon costume. So, I'm half Ebon. Father is from Simangang, which is about two hours away from Kuching. Now it's called Suryaman. And we are in the state of Sarawak, which is in the country of Malaysia, but situated on the island of Borneo. And Borneo is known for its rainforests, tattoos, wild boar, man-eating crocodiles, rice wine, and Dayaks, the headhunters. It's so bizarre for me to even talk about it, even if it is, you know, some godforsaken time in the morning, and speaking to a microphone, just a microphone, just saying all this, it blows my mind. It blows my fucking mind that I was born in this place. I was born in Borneo. And you know, I never thought it was special. I never thought I was special until about 29, actually pff, 10 years ago. I went to my first Vipassana retreat and I met a man there. We only started talking after 10 days. Just backstory, Vipassana is a silent retreat. I've heard of Vipassanas are three days and seven days and then there's ten days. And what do I do? I first time meditator <laughs> just starting ten years ago decided to go straight for that. I dabbled in meditation going to different centers in Kuala Lumpur. They weren't connecting to me. I tried and I tried and I just, yeah, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me. So I ended up just feeling really frustrated. And it was a client of mine when I was teaching Pilates. And I said, I, I need to go somewhere far away from the city. And she told me about this silent retreat in Thailand. Now she did tell me about Vipassana, but I kind of half-heartedly shrugged it off and said, yeah, I could do it. But fuck, that was really tough. Anyway, for another story. So I met this man in the Vipassana retreat, and I asked him, so where are you from? And he's like, I'm from Hawaii. And I'm like, no shit. 
that's super awesome and then he said he was from a tribe and i'm like no shit that's so awesome i'm meeting a tribesman from hawaii that is so exotic that is so exotic that is like so super cool and you're all the way here in thailand i i was just astounded i was in awe and then he said well where are you from and i'm like yeah i'm from malaysia he's like yeah i've been to kuala lumpur i'm like no no i'm from sarawak i don't know if you know the place and he's like where and i'm like well we're east side and he's like oh east coast and i'm like no no west malaysia is peninsula malaysia that's the one that's connected to thailand but the neck you have to take a flight you have to go or fly over the sea can't really swim there (laughs) or take a boat there you you gotta fly there and he's like where and i'm like um do you know the borneo islands yeah i'm from there and he's like are you fucking kidding me you're from borneo i'm like yeah and i'm from a tribe as well we're called the Dayaks, and um, we used to be the Headhunters tribe, and he's like, no fucking way! You are from a, the Headhunters tribe in Borneo? And I'm like, oh well, you know, we don't chop heads anymore and that kind of stuff. Definitely not. And he's like, but still, you think I'm exotic? Girl, you got something. And I was like, yeah. And it didn't occur to me because in Malaysia, I'm a Dan Lion Lion. And I'm even more of like I'm a Dan Lion Lion of a Dan Lion Lion. And if you don't speak Malay, Dan Lion Lion means and the others. Dan means and. Lion Lion is the others in plural. So my whole life, I never thought I was anything else but a Dan Lion Lion. Never did. Because the major races are Malay. Chinese, Indian, Dan Lion Lion. That's what you get when you fill up forms. We're used to when I was growing up. You get categorized as just just others. You're just brushed off to the side. So while the other races tend to fight each other silently or jokingly, you know, because we do positive discrimination here really well, there's the others. I'm the others. And just to put a cherry on top of the cake here, My mother is from South America, which made it even more awkward. Um, Not that it was like, oh, so amazing. And I know that there are other mixed kids, mixed Dayaks who really had the time of their life with the attention they get for being mixed, for sure. But there's a bunch of us who are just kind of really, no, it was awkward. It was really awkward how we were just treated so differently because we're the others of another, (laughs) others, others. That, that's like a subcategory and so i was teased a lot definitely and i never really knew my place i didn't know where i was supposed to be really you know am i part of the diet i don't even speak Iban. we didn't speak it at home we spoke english at home and at school spoken basarawa as much as i can because my accent's pretty strong my english accent my american accent no one in america believes i'm from anywhere else but america <laughs> So, which is fine. So, I've never really been proud about being Iban Daya because I didn't really feel like it was truly me. I didn't feel like I was worthy of being a Daya. To me, it almost feels like this heaviness about it. Be a Daya, to be a headhunter. But to not know the language, 
to barely know the culture, barely. I lived in it, I was in school all the way until I was 18, but just, just scratching the surface of it. And what I knew and what I was exposed to made me uncomfortable. I didn't like the stares. I didn't like the snickering. I wasn't one of those kids who just didn't give a shit, no. I remember waving to like one of my cousins or uh, second cousin or whatever. Every Sunday, every single Sunday from when I was about mm, 10 all the way out until I was 18, every single Sunday we visited my grandparents in their little village because they had migrated from Sriaman, from Samangang, to Miri. And Miri is an oil town. The reason why my dad got the job there is he's an engineer, so... And it almost seemed like, you know, for the whole village to prosper, let's all just travel to, to Miri, migrate there, and just plant our kampong, our longhouse village there. Mm, that's good shit. I have a feeling there's caffeine in it, and I was worried, like, it's not gonna get me to sleep. But I have a feeling there's no point in sleeping anymore. Needs more date syrup. Riri and Shahab, if you're listening to this, your date syrup is pretty good. I think I'll get some more. Where was I? So, every Sunday, we'd go see my grandparents at the village. And so say from when I was 10 and a half, I would say 11. Because my family migrated to Aberdeen, Scotland for two and a half years. So it came back when I was 10 and a half, so around then, all the way on until I was 18. Visiting my grandparents, having to deal with their stares, having to deal with my family's stares, like, you know, these cousins and uncles and aunties were all from the same village, but it was just so awkward. It was awkward for me and my brothers and sister, for sure. We just kept together because there was nobody playful. There was actually nobody playful in this village. Everybody was just, just awkward with this just really awkward with us, you know. I'm just getting to know my cousins now, actually. I think they're pretty cool. But there's a shyness, you know, like they're just so, they're just so timid. Ibans in general are pretty timid. Majority of the time, then you give them booze and then they're a completely different monster, for sure. So we didn't learn the language. And the only way I learned culture was through dance. Because we had to learn how to dance our ngajat, our traditional dance in school. So I had to learn with them and perform with them, and I was in my costume, my Iban costume, which is quite extravagant. It's bright. It really has a look at me kind of feel to it. It's bright red, silver. In the most basic way, does that sound bad for me to say that? I don't, I wouldn't say it's tacky. Sometimes it gets a little tacky, but uh, yeah, I love that dance. I don't do it very often. I did not become a professional dancer, but I love doing it when I can. Just get on YouTube or something. Taking a couple of classes. I have taken some private classes, like two separate teachers. I don't know if they were teachers. They were just really awkward with me, and so I didn't really, I didn't really learn or capture as much, like just bits and pieces, the 1% that would make my dance. Because, I don't know, I'm still trying to figure out how to talk to an e-bun, you know? It's, it's just... A culture character that's really hard for me to grasp because I'd never lived with it. My father is very Western educated, as you can tell, and my mother is Latino with a very strong sense of her culture. And that is what seeped into my life. So there's a part of me that's quite timid, very introverted, very, very introverted. 
my mom used to scold me for always always reading and if I were to get in trouble I would be grounded with her telling me I'm not allowed to read my books because I was always reading I read at the table read in the car just read it was my escape for a very long time don't really do that kind of escape anymore really what a shame so because it's more of my exterior that is Iban and yet my interior is very Latina. It's always been tough for me to communicate or try to have some sort of connection with the Ibans. Do not understand. <laughs> I just do not understand. It is hard for me to understand their character, their personalities, their way of being, their way of doing things. Yeah, it's so foreign to me. I am a foreign local. And I'm sure every third world kid gets this totally understands it i know i definitely know i'm not the only one here and i know i'm definitely not the only one who really wants to try to retain at least one piece of the culture in some way whether it be through music because my brother plays and he can he can strum some more local borneo sarawakian tunes my sister is making my sister and, and my brother used to but my sister makes the rice wine, the twop, and I dance. I get up in my Iban costume and I dance. But I can tell you, I'm, I'm quite embarrassed. I'm embarrassed about not knowing more and not continuing to understand. Because I want to. I've been putting it in the side burners for a very long time. It's not to say I don't love what I do. Maybe I love what I do so much. Like, I so want my career and my passion to be up there. But this has been a niggling passion of mine. This dance, this being in the costume for a very long time. Just wanting to understand my culture in the best way that I knew how. Not as a local local, but as a foreign local. As the subcategory of the Dan Lion Lion. Dan Lion Lion. So I want to take more pictures of me or take more videos of me in my costume but in a very casual urban setting because I am urban. I've been living in KL for 20 years. I arrived here in 1999. It is now 2020. I never thought I'd stay but I have and this, it's a, been a love-hate relationship but there's a lot of love and I stay here because KL allows me to be who I am and whatever I want to be without any restrictions. And I'll tell you why. It's because I'm a Dan Lion Lion that I don't have the same kind of restrictions as anybody else here. It is in Kuala Lumpur that I found freedom. The prayers. Can you hear them? Factor early. Or it's really that late. So I want to put it out there and I feel like I should because it's the beginning of something. But it makes me nervous, of course, and I know it. Because it makes me nervous, I should be doing it, correct? It makes me nervous. Because I don't think I'm the best dancer. I definitely do not think or feel in any way, shape, or form that I am the best representation of any bun <laughs> ever. But I travel a lot. I have the privilege and the luxury to travel. I have made it so that I can travel 
very far for quite a period of time. And every culture and every country that I've been to, everybody wants to know more about Sarawak, about the Daya, about the Iban, about the headhunters. I have that privilege. It would be a waste of an adventurous life if I don't pursue it. To go to each country, each state, each little town. Not that I'm looking for some big-ass hall performance. A room, a sitting room, to perform the dance and give a little bit of something about my people that I know. We need a representation. No Iban woman in her costume has won any Miss Universe, Miss Malaysia awards. None. People haven't realized the value in what we have. Not even Malaysians. Not even the government. Not even the politicians. Well, the politicians know. Because the majority vote all the fucking time is coming from Sarawak. But it's not from the people. We've been betrayed. We've been tricked. We've been lied to. We've been exploited. But we're not given the voice to speak. If you're listening and you're from a different country, we may not have a jungle like the Amazon, but we are a tropical rainforest. They are cutting down the trees. Villages lose their homes. Palm oil gets planted. The man of the jungle gets killed. You may call it <laughs> orangutan. Pronounced properly, it's orang utan. Orang means man. Utan means jungle. Because of greed, we are losing our home. Because of greed, we are losing our animals. Because of greed, we are losing our people. Because of greed, we are losing our ancestry. If you're from a tribe, from anywhere in the world, you would understand. And we get fed up because of empty promises. We have a hard time trusting because we've been let down so many times. We stop speaking because we are never heard. I have to learn about my culture before it goes. I have to show my culture before it dies. I don't think it will ever die, but we could go extinct or we could evolve. And what if us, as the third world generation, Ibans are out there? All the tribes, not just Ibans. I know there's a lot of people out there from Sarawak, from Sabah, from other countries, other tribes from other countries who are doing their best to keep their culture alive in whatever way, shape, or form they know how. I am quite honored to have met quite a few and I want to be part of that team, being proud of being the tribe that we were born into and to share that culture with the world. I feel like it would be appropriate to do more pictures of me in my ban gear. Being normal, giving day-to-day -day life stuff, making the costume more down-to-earth, more millennial. <laughs> That we are 
so normal and we're doing normal day-to-day things hustling working making podcasts going to yoga in my bun costume okay well i guess that's it i have to do it and not be afraid let people say what they want to say i know i'm doing it for the good of the people I was watching like an ad on Masterclass and it was about an architect and the architect said whatever you do, whatever you design, whatever you create, do it with the reminder, the intention that is for the good of humanity. And this ends our second episode. Thank you for listening. Stay tuned.